Hi there, another long episode of Stuttering is Cool is headed your way into your ears, coming to you from a very orange and yellow and red Toronto, yet with a lot of green leaves still on the trees. And the temperature has begun dropping. I'm not ready for winter just yet. I am Danny, your host for any first-time listeners. And if this is your first time listening, you're in for a little bit of a treat, depending on what you're looking for in in your podcast entertainment (laughs) for the next little while. A special interest group for SLPs, that's speech language pathologists in Scotland who work with children and adults who stutter. They meet twice a year for a special study day. And this year, the theme is about stuttering technology and social media. I was contacted by a member of the group uh, by the name of, of Christopher Curtis. And Chris is a listener of my show. Hello, Chris. <laughs> and he asked if I'd be up for being interviewed. Um, and the interview will be recorded and played uh, during the study day. So on this episode it's all about me which is not a a best practice of podcasting to just talk about yourself (laughs) um with the exception of uh those personal journal type podcasts how did you get started with uh with stuttering is cool so they're actually going to be playing this like over a loudspeaker (laughs) wow (laughs) hello everybody wow that's a little intimidating (laughs) how did i get started in podcasting yeah um, I got started because it was pretty much a natural step for me to get into podcasting, which is a bit weird because for someone who stutters, um, it is it is a scary thing to think my MP3s will be out there for free for anybody to take and make fun of, right? And that actually went through my head, and that's what prevented me from um, launching for a bit. But I actually started podcasting in 2006, it was under um it was a podcast about my comics <laughs> that i was drawing at the time it was all about creativity the podcast went nowhere really <laughs> and however uh, actually i i'm going off on a tangent i to answer your question um growing up in the in the 80s i was the one that was always recording myself and my cousins my friends so with the tape recorder um so once podcasting came um, it wasn't natural for me to do it. And at the time, so this is so 2006 when I started that podcast, um, I was actually editing out all of my, st- my stuttering. This was before I even knew there was such a thing as stuttering ex- acceptance. Didn't even know there was a stuttering community online. I didn't uh-huh. even bother searching for stuttering information online. Uh, yeah. A few times I did over the years, but it was always scientific stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can't read scientific stuff on a screen. <laughs> so this was before <laughs> iPads. Like this is just yeah. yeah. Um, so in 2007, February was when I first entered into the podcasting commun- commun- community. My f- my first time networking. Very very scared to speak to to strangers, and. Um, my podcast wasn't going anywhere and then by the end of the year when i started discovering and thinking maybe i should do a search online mm-hmm. and um well now i'm starting to get into why i started stuttering is cool so um <laughs> uh 
to go back back on a tangent i'm very sorry i'm wasting everybody's (laughs) time sorry everybody um oh blanking out um i got into podcasting because as a creative person it's a fun way to express yourself i always Growing up, again in the 80s, 90s, listened to shortwave radio. So I was listening to the mm-hmm. BBC World Service, a bunch of other stations around the world. And I love the, the field recordings that they did, the documentaries. So to me, that's what podcasting was my chance to be BBC World Service. And yeah. Things like that, yeah. Excellent. And uh, you were just saying, at, at, when, I, when I asked you the question, do you still have a sense of fear that you will be made fun of for mm-hmm. stammering on your podcasts or is that I suppose I suppose that comes as a surprise to me because I think you're on you've made over 150 podcasts I now know, and you'd think I'd stop by now <laughs> <laughs> yeah as you could tell I can't keep my answers short That's um, a- do I still have that fear yes I do it's not at the forefront anymore it mm-hmm. could still happen um, mm-hmm. but I realize now that it is. Uh, it can be seen as wow, what an arrogant thing to think. <laughs> you know that there that uh, you know your podcast is going to be so popular that people will find it. Um, but I wasn't being arrogant. Like I just thought, hey, but what if? You know, um, yeah. The thought still crosses my mind, but it's very unlikely. Only because it's been 150 episodes, right, or whatever, 140 yeah. something. Um, so and now I'm now I've started getting into video a bit. So um, out there, <laughs> absolutely. And w- and when you started, do you think that did you think that you have this longevity that you'd still be be going no, at sort of a hundred? Not at all. Not at okay. all. I thought it would last four episodes because originally okay. when I thought of the idea was. Um, just to give you a bit of a backtrack, uh, in 2006, I was looking for speech therapy. I thought, I'm in this job I don't want. I want to start looking for another job. I'll need job interviews. But mm-hmm. my stuttering is still there. I need to cure this thing. Back then, I thought there was a cure. Um, so I was looking for speech therapy. And I called around, but something stopped me from getting it. There was something else that I needed. Didn't know what that was until... Mm-hmm. I came across a stuttering podcast that it wasn't the content so much. Like that's where I heard about acceptance. There's a community, stutterers helping each other. I thought mm-hmm. I need this. That's what I need. I need to hear other people who stutter and make friends that are stutterers. That's what I needed. So my whole original purpose of stuttering is cool was Number one, to you know, spread that message that you know, stuttering doesn't have to be this terrible thing that you have and to keep you mm-hmm. in, in the house. Um, I wanted the podcast to be basically a string of voicemail that I received feedback, audio feedback from the audience um, that I play on uh, mm-hmm. the air because I had my other podcast yeah. at uh, the time. Um, because I thought that was going places. <laughs> and I thought, well, uh-huh. I don't have time for two podcasts. And I really don't think other stutterers will want to have their voices in an MP3 uploaded to the internet. So I thought uh-huh. maybe at most four episodes. Okay. Well, the other <laughs> podcast died <laughs> very fast <laughs> because Stuttering is Cool really did launch. Like, it, like by, I think by the second episode or third, 
I was getting feedback from as far away as Ireland. Like I got uh -huh. feedback like after my second, I thought, whoa, and I'm still here. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I suppose one of the one of the questions that I was and, and you've kind of answered it that I was thinking of asking you was, um, did you think that, that if you if you didn't stutter, you would you would still be podcasting? If I didn't stutter, would I still be podcasting? Oh, oh, so if I didn't stutter in the beginning, I guess so, because it all started from my joy of recording you know, making those recordings. I don't think it would be about stuttering, <laughs> I think. Um, although now that you've mentioned it, seeing that my creativity uh -huh. podcast went nowhere, maybe not. Um, however, I do enjoy digital <laughs> media. So maybe I would have gone into a different topic, perhaps, who knows. And I think that your, your your kind of joy of podcasting and your joy of speaking on your topic really comes through very strongly. Were you... So were you surprised by the the number of people who stutter who wanted appear to appear on the on the podcast? Yeah, um, there were a few times where I received emails saying I would love to come on. Can I come on to your show? And <clears throat> it's all like it's one thing for myself to think, yeah, I would record myself. But it's another thing to meet someone else <laughs> that would think that way. Because even growing up, I was the only one that wanted to record <laughs> on the, the tape recorder. So it's always great uh -huh. to meet people who share the same interest. So even if it is, yeah, I'd love to tell your story. A lot of times it's me that reaches out. And I'm still surprised by how willing people are to come on to my show and share their story. And in a, in a creative sense, do they, do they drive your content? or are you do you constantly have ideas about the way that you want to take different oh, I podcasts i usually let them drive the content uh when it's when <clears throat> when it's an episode that's a one-on-one -on -one, um i usually let them drive the content a lot of times i don't know everything about their story if there's something interesting that i hear about them you know like for example um you know, if someone is doing an interesting job that no one would ever have heard of, I mean thought of that someone who stutters would be able to do, I would bring them on. Or um, sometimes I would even think of a topic, you know, and, and in fact, I do have one uh -huh. topic that I'd like to uh, talk about that I would uh, that I would approach, you know, some people that I know that could answer that question and offer some different perspectives. That's going back to the whole BBC documentary style of, um, or as close as I can. I, mean, mm -hmm. I am just one person after all, <laughs> using free software <laughs> to put everything <laughs> together. So it won't be as close yeah. to BBC or anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I suppose uh, we'd be interested to hear a little about, um, I know that you haven't, uh, been in speech therapy since about the the nineteen eighties. Am I yeah. am I right? Mm -hmm. I think the last um, one was ninety three. No. Okay. Eighty nine. Yeah. True. Nineteen eighties. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so I suppose um, it would just be interesting to know a little bit about the kind of Canadian background of speech therapy. I suppose mm -hmm. we're used to a system um, in the UK where generally. Uh, speech and language therapy is uh, is available to, available 
to people as part of their health care. Is that the same in Canada? I'm trying to remember. I don't think it is part of the... No, it's not. It's not part of the health care. Um, now, I could be wrong, but... I'm pretty yeah no it's not part of the health the healthcare. There are sometimes uh, your work benefits does cover it, um, and as for yeah. availability for all, it depends where in in the country. Uh, in a place like Toronto, yes, because larger population, more access. However, in the province that we're in, <laughs> um, I was told that um, uh-huh. uh, there's not much funding for it so a lot of it is like funding for the schools for example so a lot of it is private practices and it tends to be very expensive i don't know what it's like in other parts of the country in that respect uh, yeah. i suppose well, one of the other questions i was thinking well for, for you what would uh, in an ideal world what would services for people who for people who stutter look like um so how would you access them and um, what form would they be in for sure, the um, I'm not I'm not I'm not sure how to word this um, because stuttering stammering is such a yeah I never know which term to use when I'm speaking to someone from the UK. <laughs> um, <laughs> Either is fine with uh, yeah. us. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, I forgot. I was right, Jayla. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, all oh, right. Yeah. Um, since stammering is such um it's the experience of it is so tends to be negative because of the social punishment that that is received that one area would be um kind of like psychoanalysis in a sense an area you know like the like the ability where the you know stammerer can talk out his or her feelings you know because it is such it tends to be such a uh, personal experience internalized you know you don't notice anybody else that has or you don't um, meet anybody else in your immediate geographical area so you're alone in your stuttering so you tend to fend for yourself come up with tricks and that tends to be a very isolating experience and then comes the idea is there something wrong with me so having the ability to talk out your problems, whether it's in a support group environment, doesn't have to be with a psychoanalyst. Uh, can um, in the states they have the NSA, the National Studying Association, where they have a chapter mm-hmm. system. So, which is basically just smaller, just uh, support groups, organized support groups, you know, across the country, uh, where people you know share their experiences. Canada doesn't have that. We're more. Right now, we tend to be more like every province has its own thing, um, mm-hmm. if they do. Uh, but we, but because of the internet, thank goodness for the internet. You know, you're able to start up your own social meetup group, or we have Stutter Social, uh-huh. which I'm co-founder of, uh, which is an online thing, and um, and that's a worldwide thing. Because of yeah, the- I was. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask you a little about Stutter Social. Where did the where did the seeds of Stutter Social come come out of? Oh, that came out of uh, the NSA conference last year. Um, there is that conf- that post conference uh, depression <laughs> that occurs because you're together with 800 other <laughs> stutterers, uh, making great friends, people mm-hmm. from across all walks of life. 
everyone's there for a party and you're the majority in that hotel uh uh-huh. where you know it's weird if you don't stutter <laughs> and then when you go back to the real world it's like oh i miss my friends and uh so there was some chat among us us being the co-founders of um we should continue this in mm-hmm. an online group video form and google plus was recently launched at the time we tried skype but it was a paid service to have group chats mm-hmm. so we decided let's try google hangouts since it's free and it totally suited our needs and uh, we're so glad for it Fan- fantastic and uh, that seems to have um uh, a little bit of uh, your co-founder is, is uh, an academic am i right in that yes uh, that would be mitch trishan uh, yeah he has a phd uh in i forget what it is right now but <laughs> in i guess speech <laughs> something to do with stuttering uh speech communication or something like that and uh, his specialty is like specialty meaning I guess this whole area his expertise is in support groups. So I think he, I think it was him that first planted that seed, you know, we should take advantage of uh, the online space um, for support mm-hmm. groups. And is that um is that an easy collaboration for you with uh something that is more sort of academic or does it does it not really get in the way at all no doesn't get in the way um he deals with the academic stuff which is perfect so i get the dummies version <laughs> you know just a point form <laughs> he has to write the 7000 page dissertation um and then what's left is, is the rest of us so we're so we're four people all together the three of us, um, two of us are the digital heads that put that make the technology happen, and another one is a com- is mm-hmm. our communications director, um, and we just basically we just enjoy doing it. So we're all the uh, hosts, and we all have our ideas of how to um, how to proceed, get things done, and we work well together. Each one has their strengths. You know, one has a business like a quote unquote business sense. That we yeah. even though Star Social, Social is not a for-profit, another one has the academic, and I have my social media nut bar thing, and uh, <laughs> so on. Yeah. And uh, do you find the the NSA conferences um, is that a source for strength for you? That that, that oh, you know man. that you know that 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 is you know you do have that sort of outlet, even though it's maybe only once a year. Thank goodness for social media. Mm-hmm. So even though it's once a year, which is so much better because we're made to be social people in person. So it's great to have that in person, the, the ability uh-huh. for everybody to meet in person. Um, the NSA, the the strength that it gives is it is such uh, like their their philosophy is acceptance, stuttering acceptance. So there's a lot of inspiration mm-hmm. that you draw from even the kids. You know, you have this 12 year old that gets up in front of a room of 600 people to say, hi, I stutter. <laughs> um, and you hear from everybody from all, you know, all the walks of life, everybody who look cool. They are cool. They're awesome people doing really interesting things. People are in the automotive industry, aerospace engineering, the military, teachers. You have mothers, fathers, uh, students. Mm-hmm. And... And that rubs off on you. It's the whole um, you are the company that you keep and and you see the shy people, you know, that are scared to stutter. And by the end, 
of the conference like they're so moed motivated and then online what online does is it sustains that throughout the year because you are going back into the real world so people share today i got laughed at on the phone or and you have all all of that support and now that social media is more uh ubiquitous that now it's spilling over to other countries so it's not just the states and parts of mm -hmm. a bit of the canadian population that goes uh it's everywhere it's the indian stammering association all over the uk um you know and now um, mitch is currently in the czech republic talking about uh stutter social to uh -huh. um uh, I forget what it is. I'm very bad at this. <laughs> to uh, a similar type <laughs> conference. It's not like a stutterer's conference, but I think it's more of a speech type conference where we're talking about, you know, support groups, the, be the benefits of tech and all that. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one of the other questions I, w I thought of asking you was, what is your, uh, what is your favorite podcast? What's your favorite episode that you've done? Oh, on my own. <laughs> yeah, I never even thought of that. Uh, favorite podcast episode. I one that stands out is the hundredth episode. Uh, sorry, no. Well, yeah, the hundredth episode because I gathered. Uh, I asked my friends um, because in episode one I didn't have many stuttering friends. By episode 100, uh -huh. I had too many to choose from <laughs> to ask. Please <laughs> submit uh, your thoughts about stu the stuttering experience. What's it like to to uh, stutter? And I string them together. Uh, another episode I really like is the f is the first one that I recorded at the NSA conference. My first time go attending. I really like the way it came out um, in that field recording style. Um, uh -huh. There are a few others that are more of a personal reason like uh you know some people who i made really good friends with it was fun to record um another favorite episode which unfortunately i chopped up into four because <laughs> i thought it was too long um one of the earliest ones where i interview <laughs> greg snyder dr greg, S greg snyder who uh, used to be on stutter talk mm -hmm. and i was really nervous my stomach hurt <laughs> before because i thought wow i'm interviewing the big fish and uh, he made it uh -huh. so easy to interview like after that all of my interviews were simple like i was never nervous as much um there were a few i was nervous but he really taught me how people just enjoy telling their story it's just we're just two stutterers talking we're helping who knows how many people i mean i'll i will never know how many listeners truly there are so there could be just five mm -hmm. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I think my uh, favorite episode, and I, I, I can't think of exactly what number episode it is, but it is, I think it's you and three or four friends talking about things that, that you wish you'd said to people oh that have been that rude to you. One. Was this the one? Um, <laughs> what would you do if you were serving? No, if you're ordering coffee and someone complained that one? Yes. She's yeah, golden. That one. She comes up. The girl, the woman in the episode, <laughs> she comes. She comes on to start a social a few times, and she asks the most amazingly thought-provoking questions. Conversation starters, amazing. And I always wanted to come back, and that's why I can record more. <laughs> that that was uh, that was yeah. <laughs> yeah that that was... is another favorite of mine. That one came came out so well. Thank all thanks to her, and that was all spontaneous. Yeah, no, I, I think it 
you uh, you really hear the spontaneity in that. Yeah. Um, I, I think actually I will play it today uh, for for the oh, people great. so that they can <laughs> so that so that they can hear a bit that I'm going to do going to do do some excerpts just before I show uh, I show you. So well, I oh, think we'll okay. have heard that episode <laughs> by the time. So that'll be good. Yeah. You know what? No one's ever told me my favorite episode <laughs> um, is. Thank you. <laughs> the other thing I was uh, I was thinking about was. Um, I wonder, you know, people obviously trust you enough to, to send in audio. Mm. What kind of relationship do you have with people that uh, that get to know you through 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 podcasting? Do they see you as a as a journalist or an expert or as um, as a friend? Uh, uh, that that's something that that, that mm. fascinates me because I think you know all the people in the in the room that you're you're speaking to now. The, when people walk through the door, that relationship is is already you know is already established yeah. uh, in terms of, of boundaries. And I just wondered if you ever ha- ever had to sort of define boundaries between you and, and and that online audience. That's a very good question. I've never I've never been asked that before. Um, they see me. I've been told a few times they feel like they they're meeting a celebrity. Which is odd because uh-huh. it's just me. <laughs> um, never as a journalist, though. But it's interesting that you bring that up because la- lately I've been thinking I should get into digital journalism, and I've been researching that. So I see myself as a digital jur- journalist. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, as for relationship, um, because podcasting is social media, my approach to social media, whether it's a Facebook page a Twitter account, whatever it is, either mm-hmm. professionally or personally, uh, you're being social, right? That's what you should be. You know, if you're, if even if you're a company, if you're engaging in social media, you have to be social. So I make sure mm-hmm. that I'm respectful of the other person. They don't know, um, they don't know me and I don't, and I don't know them. Um, a rule of podcasting is it's all about them. It's all about uh-huh. the listener. It's all about your interviewer, uh, interviewee. <laughs> um, so I make sure that I let them tell their story because after all, they may not have the technical um, knowledge to start their own podcast or blog mm-hmm. and share their story. My podcast, in a way, is a way to get them to tell their story, to allow them, to enable them uh, to tell whatever story it is. And in turn... Um, you know, mentoring others who may not re- who, who may be just like me back in 2006, thinking, I can accept my stuttering? Stuttering's not my fault? What? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I suppose, I think I said the word journalist because I was, uh, I was thinking about your podcast and, and the style, and you've probably explained it a little by, by saying it's about letting people tell tell their story but i suppose what what i also thought was when you're when you're speaking from your, your heart you you give an opinion but when you're interviewing people and when you're talking to people you you tend to let them tell their story you don't yeah. really give um you don't editorialize it, it, it's mm-hmm. very much you know letting them tell your your story yeah part of that is because there was one time where i wasn't interviewing as much i wasn't finding people as much and it was just one episode after another of just me, 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 me. And I tend to think, oh, my listeners shouldn't be listening to me anymore. They've already heard enough. So I tend, so that gave me that skill of just letting people talk. Uh, I think lately now I've started to uh, be a bit more editorializing, but I think more in a conversational 
tone. Um, a lot of times now, uh, now that more and more people are online uh, and they're less and less, you know, of the NSA um, philosophy of acceptance, uh, even through Stutter Social where you're meeting people who, you know, <coughs> they, they, they don't know, like they think stuttering is a personality flaw, you know, is a result of being nervous all the time. It's like, who knows? And where was I going with this? I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, that's right. There's always there's always room for editorializing. You know, um, like I was always afraid. I'm um, being being a conscien conscientious person. I'm all I'm always <coughs> respectful of. I don't want to offend them or or as a journalist, even if it's a citizen journalist or a podcaster, you don't want to make them look bad by or make yourself look bad if you're yelling at them <laughs> you know saying that's wrong <laughs> considering <laughs> how much information we don't know about stuttering so i can't uh -huh. really claim that i'm correct you know in what i say right so i try I try to keep things open and that's why in the end i just keep my mouth shut <laughs> and let the other person talk <laughs> <laughs> Are there times where you? Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Are there times where you, where you, where you want to disagree, and you want to um, change people's opinions in a uh, change people's opinions, and you have to sort of rein yourself in. Diplomacy. That's where diplomacy comes mm -hmm. in. A lot of times, you don't know where that person's from, right? There are some countries, some cultures. Uh -huh. It's shameful to have a stuttering child. So, uh -huh. or you know, or maybe you know, there's one sample where uh, in the early days um, there was a high school kid. He was just transitioning into college or university, and his parents, because of his ethnic background, they believed he was he was creating his own stutter by himself. It was all fake, um, and they refused uh -huh. speech therapy. Because in his culture, it doesn't uh -huh. exist. You know, there's no word for speech therapist. There is no speech therapist there. Um, so even in, you know, a developed country, you know, you can still run into that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I suppose the other thing I was quite interested in was... Uh, do you have a is is there a is there a grand plan? Do you have sort of grand plans about where where your podcast can go? And Overlord, <laughs> <laughs> grand plans? Um, not really. You know, uh, I'm one of those creative artistic types that just wants to create, that just jumps in, creates. That's 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 what Stutter Social was uh, like uh you know uh, david resnick one of the co-founders approached me because he knew that i was a digital media creator and he says hey would you like to what do you think of this idea okay i'll sure i'll create the uh, i'll create the website and here is a secret never told anybody i think i told david maybe i said i don't feel like hosting i'm not gonna do video chats that's so web 1.0 <laughs> <laughs> and i took her like a fish to water so go <laughs> figure plans for stutter social um, well, I had a plan of publishing a comic. <laughs> uh, bits of that is on tiger.org, T-I-G-E-R.org. Um, but um, 
never really told anyone, so you guys are the first to know. Uh, I'm I'm thinking about writing a book, like an ebook, okay. about uh-huh. uh, my baby steps to acceptance, because that's what I'm learning uh, through Stutter Social. That, and also being reminded through Stutter Social that people that we are living in a society of quick fixes. We look for mm-hmm. the le- path of least resistance. But I've learned so much over the past. I can't do the math. Seven years? Not sure. <laughs> Since 2007, <laughs> do the math. Um, that uh, there is there there are a lot more benefits to taking the time to accept to build that thick skin with stuttering in front of somebody else, um, and also talking about the other stuttering quote-unquote celebrities <laughs> that I've met uh, like Pam Mertz of the Women Who Stutter podcast, you know, Evan Sherman of the new uh, I Stutter So Much podcast and other people who have uh, and other content creators you know, that use social media to get to spread awareness. So I think I think people in general enjoy stories, hearing stories about mm-hmm. how other stutterers um, tackle their challenges, overcome, you know. Yeah, no, I think I think a book is a is a is a great idea, and I think it's it's nice to have heroes. Yeah, and I have a lot of heroes that uh-huh. came out of the NSA and even the BSA. No, I mean uh-huh. we, uh, no, I I do read. So what goes on around the world? So yeah, <laughs> you certainly one day, do. I'm, one one day I'm going to make it to a BSA conference. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I think that's uh, I think that's one thing that clearly comes across in the in the podcast is just the the distance you know that that your podcast has reached out to and you know there are yeah. interviews with people from Ireland and India um, it still boggles my mind the first the first comic i posted i got an email this i don't even remember what year it was i got an email from india someone in india saying i printed it out and it's hanging in my cubicle and i had to stop <laughs> when i read that and think whoa <laughs> this is better than getting like an actual publishing deal where they try to control where in which territories i'm mm. just here you go and it's already it reached india like whoa <laughs> i didn't make any money from it but wow <laughs> it's there uh, what i sometimes i find myself thinking I wonder if it's still st- <laughs> hanging up there <laughs> uh i suppose uh I, I sent an email email out just to, to the members to, to ask ask them um, questions that they like like to ask you. And one of them that came back was, um, I suppose if if you could choose some key things for us to to work on with our clients, what what would they be, or what kind of things would you see as the the key things? A support group environment is great, or uh-huh. or rather the chance for uh your clients to meet socialize Mm -hmm. with other stutterers Um, Mm -hmm. especially if they're the accepting kind because acceptance is very and and uh, and i don't mean to push my my uh, philosophy but it's more like like with the acceptance i found that i found it so empowering and you start and you know yeah you you uh, have touched on it you know you you have those heroes that that motivate you that empower you to try well i'm gonna pick up the phone and i'm gonna make that call and that's mm-hmm. what i heard throughout the the years over twitter over my podcast that are social 
that people try things, and even myself too, that I tried from listening to other people, that if they could do it well, I can do it too. Um, <coughs> Uh, making sure that you have the right knowledge in stuttering. Um, mm -hmm. I one thing I hear is that some schools even teach the wrong information, so it's good to keep an open mind of what of how, of what treatments there are. Mm -hmm. um, that treatments don't work for everybody. One big yeah. area is kids, um, meaning teenagers, the twenty somethings. That's an age group that, especially the twenty somethings. Uh -huh. I think could be often overlooked, and that's such a critical time as well. Yeah, um, no, I, I would agree. I think, uh, and somebody else was was writing in, um, and 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 addressing questions about sort of teenagers, um, sort of kids between. I suppose I, I would think of them as, as younger than 20, sort of 14, 14 yeah. to 18 or that, you know, that kind of age. Yeah. Do you think there's a do you think there's a role for social media there? Oh, yes. A, I so uh -huh. wish I had it when I was growing up. <laughs> um, if you if you if you, if you can't make it to a conference, whether it's NSA, mm. BSA, whatever it is, um, at the very least, you have your online stuff. People are blogging you know mm -hmm. their experiences there's even facebook alone there um mm -hmm. there are a few pages that are that have activity that's so active and that are geared towards the 20 somethings the the uh, teenagers there's even stutter social we recently launched the uh, teen hangouts um, oh, okay uh and we we do get a lot of 20 somethings in our regular adult hangouts mm -hmm. and i find myself every every time i find myself thinking man i wish i had this when i was 20. i know to uh -huh. have someone to talk to that understands me when i say i couldn't walk up to that girl in the bar mm -hmm. you know, i feel like such a loser i could could couldn't do it um that would have been very motivating to hear how someone else who stuttered walked up to a woman in a bar you know mm -hmm. and that would be great yeah to hear and th and that that's what i try to do through my show is to give the ideas, here's what you could do. Here's mm -hmm. one concept, one method, one line that you can use in this situation, that situation, when you want to order coffee or tea, yeah. Uh-huh, and your your teen hangouts, are they, because I think um, certainly we, the, the whilst there's, you know, we would all see the, the internet as a great resource. We're also, especially for sort of our 13, 14 year olds, mm -hmm. we're also mindful of the fact that it's, uh, it's an unknown jungle sometimes. So are your hangouts moderated or are they? They are, for... yeah. We have, uh -huh. uh, we have a member of the Stutter Social team. And mm -hmm. um, and uh, we've only had the one so far because it was a recent launch. And so we had mm -hmm. Mitch in there because support groups is his expertise. Uh, uh -huh. and, uh, an SOP in there yeah. as well. Um, and the rest are all, yeah, the uh, uh, teens. We feel that gives a safer environment um especially since it seems to be uh that at that age teens to 20 somethings they want to know i want to know how to stop myself from stuttering uh -huh. so i think having an sop in there even though we're not giving speech therapy yeah it's a way for them to coach to say um well no not uh -huh. not coaching but as a way to give them that feeling you can do it. 
Uh-huh. You know, you can't. There are so many different methods. Just you know, speak to your speech therapist. Get your speech therapist to practice. Practice in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I suppose I mean it's very obvious from your your approach that you know you're you're very much about the acceptance of what yeah. what do you what do do people come? I, I suppose people if they listen to the podcast probably know that already about you. But do people ask you about cures? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people that come in who don't believe in acceptance or they don't uh-huh. or they just want fluency or they see nothing wrong in switching words when uh-huh. or when uh, ordering. I try, I, try, I, try, I try to keep in mind that everybody is coming from a different place. They all have their own journey, uh, their own mm-hmm. reasons. Uh, nothing is wrong, really. Like really mm-hmm. nothing is wrong. No philosophy is wrong. It's just my concern is spreading of misinformation. There's a lot of misinformation. So, so actually, I'm glad that 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 I just re- remembered that. Um, yes, social media is fantastic for these kids, but there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of spoiled uh-huh. people are trying yeah, to take advantage. I... So, that's the other reason why we have a, an SOP in our teen hangouts. So, mm-hmm. um, so we ensure, yeah, you are getting the proper <laughs> research, the evidence-based information, you know, parents can trust that. And yeah. Absolutely. No, I think, I think, uh, I think everyone is, is well, certainly everyone in speech and language therapy that I know is very well aware of you know, the dangers of the internet in terms of those, uh, people, you know, offering you what seem to cures. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think that is, that it, you know, that is tricky. Uh, I suppose uh, another question that I had was: uh, Has podcasting been a, or how big has podcasting and podcasting stuttering is called been part of your journey with with stuttering? Hmm. It's played a very interesting role in my non-stuttering uh, networking um, meetups that I go to. And it helped me uh, realize that people don't care that I stutter or, or not. First, I just want to mention, and I should have mentioned this in the beginning, and it's probably very distracting to your listeners that I'm not stuttering <laughs> that much. My stuttering suddenly decreased by a landslide. However, I still have situations where I stutter a lot. Like, for example, I had, <laughs> I had a job interview. I had two job interviews this week, and I was stuttering like crazy. Nothing to do with nerves. It was just don't know what happened um so just to get that out of the way that's why i'm not stuttering right now i tend to not stutter when i'm on stutter social recording my podcast talking to you right now uh if (laughs) if if we were in a restaurant ordering right now i'd be stuttering a lot um so with that um so back in 2007 2008 when i launched my podcast uh i would tell people like one question that one common question was what's your podcast about What's your blog? What do you do on the, the internet? And these, oh, sorry, I'm not sure if I mentioned, um, these would be the digital media community uh, conferences and conferences mm-hmm. that I would go to. Um, and I would always get, the feedback I'd get was, oh, wow, you're so courageous. And that's an ego booster. <laughs> so <laughs> with that, um, I tend to use Stutter Social and my podcast as a way to break the ice. When people mm-hmm. say, so what do you do in your spare time? It, it makes it very simple to disclose your stuttering. So another 
tip that you can offer to your clients is hey if you want to talk out your feelings start a blog start a podcast do you do you enjoy making video you know use whatever talent you have if you're a musician write music about stuttering if you like to rap put a rap out uh, I know a few people that do that and it's a great way to use your talents to spread awareness and it helped me in that way in that respect and uh, and we're living in a world where anybody is a publisher anybody is a journalist and we need more podcasts out there <laughs> about stuttering <laughs> uh-huh. we also work with children from um, from well three, three and a half upwards do you have uh, any experience with that with with parents Unfortunately, I don't. That was one area that I haven't gone into. And it's an area that I would like to get into, hence the book. Um, but or, or rather, hence the tiger site. I want to do more with the tiger aiming at the kids. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, with the children, I wanted to be a bit more careful because there's a lot of that that oh, I don't un- understand. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, because I never read into it, and my experiences as a child is different from other, from another child. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's uh, that's just interesting, um, because quite often people who who are involved in uh, things around adult stuttering tend to get asked about children, or tend to ask to be asked to get involved with children. So that yeah. that's quite interesting that you've but I, I think I think you're right I think we're all very very careful about uh, issues surrounding uh, yeah. issues surrounding our younger children yeah because there's because they're so impressionable mm-hmm. and I don't want to slip yeah, up yeah no I just I just <laughs> like wanted an accident and then you scarred them for the rest of your life or you know <laughs> <laughs> no no I just I just wondered whether you know you having that that uh, social media presence on mm. on the oh, web, parents of children got in touch with you. So I have been approached by parents before, uh, a few times. A lot of times it was by speech uh-huh. pathologists asking what to do about this kid. <laughs> um, but with parents, uh, <laughs> again, yeah, it's always mm, what should I say? A lot of times I just point them to other resources for parents because those are those are the experts, you know, like the subject matter experts. Uh, I say here is a great resource for you for parents about your your stuttering child. And do you have? Uh, I just as as a sort of you know you're obviously active in the in the stuttering community. Do you ever talk about what you'd like to see go on at schools or at social clubs or? Hmm. You know, I never thought of that. Uh, I've never became the activist. So, so to speak, okay, or no, the outreach of let's go to the schools. I have thought of actually uh-huh. um, speaking in the schools. Actually, I mean now I'm just contradicting myself. I have thought of the idea of is there a way for me to approach all the businesses, um, you know, the food service industry to say when someone walks mm-hmm. into your door and they're talking like this, you know, here's how you can reply. Uh, I got that idea from. Uh, going to a Starbucks. I've never had a bad experience at a Starbucks. I thought, wow, of all places, like you'd think that you'd get attitude from them. <laughs> but no, they maintain eye contact. They they let me finish. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I just smiled, no comments. I said, thank you very much. Yeah, sure, here's your latte, whatever uh-huh. it is. And yeah. So I always thought, I wonder if they were trained. So I always, so that's something else that maybe I'll get into. But, but first, the book. Yeah, no, that's a, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, you know, that's that's something I'd never even thought of. That's a that's a really interesting way to uh, that's a really interesting way to get into changing the world. I never even thought of that. Yeah, wow, changing the world. I never thought of my podcast doing that. It's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, but I think that you know, it's a, it's a small step to changing the world, and you know, mm. maybe maybe encouraging a more accepting world. I hope it is. Me too. Me too. It's been great talking to you. <laughs> and <too>. uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's been an experience and keep podcasting and uh, I hope you'll get some uh, some increased listenership from from our members. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> okay. Listening all of these years. Thank you for the opportunity. This was fun. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Danny. Thanks. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening and please consider subscribing if you haven't already done so. How to subscribe? Go to iTunes and, well, do a search for Stuttering and you'll find a bunch of Stuttering podcasts. Mine is the one called Stuttering is Cool. All the other podcasts that you see are great podcasts as well. So consider uh, subscribing to them as well. And if you're on iTunes, if you do subscribe through iTunes, uh, you do have the chance to subscribe through other uh, sources stuttering is cool.com the homepage lists a few su- suggestions however if you're subscribing through iTunes please consider leaving a review and don't forget that this is an open mic podcast meaning you can send in your feedback which I will play on the next episode again stuttering is cool.com and you'll see a button on the right hand side that says send feedback or send voicemail and it will and you're when you'd be able to use your microphone your computer microphone to record your message which will automatically be sent to me and in in a sound file which i'll play on my next episode so until then may your stuttering always be with confidence ciao